And he's just like, oh, look, it's a, a pamphlet that says pancreatic cancer. Yeah. The worst of all the cancers on the front page. What could this be about? Yeah. Like, dear Dennis Quaid, <laughs> regret to inform you that turnover cancer. Like, <laughs> what is it? A scratch off. Like, pancreatic cancer. Fuck. <laughs> And why does he keep it in the car? In case right. he forgets what kind of cancer he has? <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. Can I see your license registration of what kind of cancer you have? And he's just like, oh, God awful movie. 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema, because if you torture people long enough, you get to run the CIA. I'm your host, <laughs> Noah Illusions, and sitting to my immediate left is my good friend, Heath Enright. Heath, welcome back. Thanks, Noah. Uh, you know who had UMBC beating Virginia in their bracket? No Me. shit. No, you no, did absolutely not. Nobody had that. <laughs> Fuck you. You're a liar. Everybody's a liar. A 16's never beaten a one in the history of the tournament. Every asshole on Facebook had that. Yeah, right, right. No. False. All right, good, good. I didn't. I, I really didn't want to have to call you out on that. <laughs> and of course, sitting eighty-one miles to my right is my bad friend Eli Bosnick. Eli, how are you this fine afternoon, sir? I want to say cricket. You were talking about <laughs> cricket. You were close. It was a sport. So tell us, Heath, what will we be breaking down today? We watched. I can only imagine. It's the story of a gritty dad who has to come to grips with the fact that his son is bad at sports and also bad <laughs> no, at music. No. Just an all-around failure of a son. It's very sad. It's very sad. This is going to be a really yeah. mean episode, I can guys. only I imagine just... <laughs> what his father went through. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to do that for the rest yeah, of Yeah, no, episode. I know you are. I know. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be sadder when the audience realizes why. And Eli, how bad was this movie? I love this movie. <laughs> you guys are wrong. It's wonderful. I want to be a Christian now. I cried. I laughed. I was in joy. I laughed too, but I feel like I laughed where you cried. Yep. So here's the thing. This True. is so close to a good movie, except it leads up to is it? the worst possible song. <laughs> here's the thing. Like, the performances are pretty good. The story is not terrible. Like, we did no, all the King's Horses recently. Well, so I'm yeah. just like, everything, I'm like, hey, nobody got punched. Nobody apologized for getting punched this episode. What a grand film we watched. I love how I love how you back <laughs> had to back that up. Nobody got punched. Wait, wait. No, hold on. Well, <laughs> hold no on a second. <laughs> I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I wanted to be a Christian. And then I got to the song and I was like, right. That's why I don't want to be a yeah. Christian. <laughs> that's that's right i don't want to dance for jesus no no okay now this of course was a field trip this was uh this is in theaters uh now you guys saw this together i didn't i was not able to go you guys went out and saw this thursday in the city i had to go the following day i had too much shit i had to get done on thursday so how was your theater well we had a lovely date uh we, we shared did. a fondue which was delicious. It was uh, soy cheese. It was not delicious. A, both got a dessert flight, which is <laughs> a lot of fun. I enjoyed the flight. Uh, I There might have been other people in the theater. I kept trying to put my arm around heat. So was, I was very distracted. <laughs> He's a wriggler. He's a wriggler, my co-host. <laughs> I knew that Finish. popcorn trick. You've, you've tried that before. It's not going to work. <laughs> it, it works every time. He likes popcorn more than he doesn't <laughs> like touching dicks. <laughs> 
Okay, well, that's true. <laughs> no, that is true. That being said, <laughs> I know that trick. So, <laughs> all right. So now we should we should point out that this movie is the story of the song, I Can Only Imagine, which is apparently, it's the best-selling Christian single of all time, which... It's so sad. No, I know, because that means that it one time <laughs> reached a, a number five on Billboard's adult contemporary chart and number 71 overall. Not like for a year, just once for a week. That's it. They made a movie about, they reached all the way up to number 71 on the <laughs> billboard charts and made a fucking movie about it. This is like the time I started my high school musical, The Movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it is actually. Yeah, that's spoiler. Um, now, <laughs> is there anything you guys want to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? Uh, I would, yeah. Best worst, great person who's supposed to be the bad oh, guy. Oh, Jesus Christ. Like, I started to bring this up already. The dad in this movie is supposed to be the antagonist, right? But he's the best character in the movie by far. He's he like all... He beats his child He's all his grizzled. Wife. He's angry. He's all... It's, it's can, can all you, justified except the beating. Can, uh, granted, <laughs> the beating, okay, like, fair point. But like, but otherwise, he's the best dad. He just That wants, makes him a tragic hero, though, if you think about you, it. Thank you, Eli. Yeah, he just wants flaw. this terrible kid to be better at stuff. <laughs> and it works. You're supposed to be terrified of your dad. Otherwise, you don't get shit done. That's you true. get oh, shit done. God. That is true. You do need a dad who doesn't tell you you're doing great job no because you're not usually you're, you suck usually <laughs> you're not you by definition are not <laughs> okay well yeah no that's true that's true you know who had a bad dad mozart <laughs> you know who has a great dad everyone on facebook right now talking about whether or not they need puppy pictures they all have great dads dad oh, sending them the first puppy picture <laughs> barack obama bad dad Just, oh. it's, it's it's universal bad dad all right then all right well um i was gonna go with something that was gonna get me personally, far fewer angry emails from people who don't get the joke. I was going to go with best worst alphabetical cast listing. Now, I, I want I just the stupid in this movie is so stupid that it seeped into the IMDb page. So if you look at it, uh, if you look at the cast, it'll say it'll show the main character and the guy who played the main character when he was a kid. And then it says rest of cast listed alphabetically. And then in this order, it has. Dennis Quaid, Madeline Carroll, Cloris Leachman, Trace Adkins, Rhoda Griffiths, etc. They et got it wrong? Yeah, they, they, they have no idea what alphabetically means, apparently. <laughs> alphabetically by height, apparently. That's so sad. <laughs> All right. I, I hinted this already, but this is definitely best worst song that the entire fucking movie is leading up to. This entire <sighs> the the beginning of this movie is this song was written by God, Jesus, Lord himself. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. This song's a hell of a thing. And then you hear it like 30 seconds before to the end of the movie. And he's just like. <laughs> oh Jesus, there you are, right there. It would be like there, if at the end of the king's speech he just did the fucking limerick about the guy from Nantucket, yeah. right? <laughs> um, and now this. All right, good. Get it, king's <laughs> All right. Well, I, I need to take some steps to get this fucking song out of my head. So we're gonna pause for a quick break, and when we come back, we'll break down all the diary entry bullshit that is. I can only imagine. From the makers of I Can Only Imagine. Captain, we're going to overturn. Oh, no, we're not. 
comes another two-hour build-up to a song so bad and repetitive you can't believe it made it out of the singer's head, let alone into theaters. My father was killed by these waters, and I'm not going down! A story of one man who only knew one way to survive and inspired a generation. What do we do, Captain? We row. Row, row, row your boat. Uh, row what, sir? Your boat, son. What? Your boat. Coming gently down the street this fall. (laughs) Gently down the street. I love that so fucking much. (laughs) And we're back for the breakdown, and I feel super underprepared here because my notes don't start until the movie, but apparently these guys have like three pages of notes (laughs) on the previews as well. (laughs) Oh, there were some excellent Excellent movies coming up. I don't know if you guys heard. Uh, God's Not Dead 3. In two weeks. In two weeks. soon. Oh, my God. The effort that they went through to make it look like something happened to that movie. Like, we've seen enough of these movies that we know nothing actually happens in that. But, like, they're like, oh, wait, no, he almost throws a punch. Start start showing that bit. Put that out. It looks very exciting. I'm pretty sure it's shoving the movies. It's it's like 90% David A.R. White doing the Aikido he learned yesterday. It's... Looking pretty you great. See this? You feel this? This is wrist control. <laughs> wrist control. And it yeah. just comes up on the screen. Wrist control. It's a movie. <laughs> uh, there's also a Pope movie coming out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is he? Is that? Uh, we're going to see that, right? Oh, the uh, scene where he opens the door and there's all the Nazi gold behind it and he shuts it real quick. <laughs> and then he like poses with a deformed oh. kid in front of that door. That was fun. Pretty exciting. He does some like hacky 90s stand up at one point. I can't wait. Like, he's like, yeah. mother-in-laws, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Protestants fuck kids like this, but Catholic, it's, it's going to be great. He tries. It opens. The whole trailer opens with. Answering the questions you've always had about the Pope. And I was like, no, not answering the questions. <laughs> no. <laughs> about the Pope. Okay, so in the 90s, you were in charge of a commission following up on child abuse. Nope, not those questions. Look what his kitchen looks like. We meant what his kitchen looks like. Okay, what's your Spanish grandmother? The questions your Spanish grandmother has about the yeah, Pope, right. asshole. Yeah, right. Not the ones that you sh- should ask. How much if you melted down? Stop it. Stop asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> You're being dicks. How much if it was teeth? How much came from teeth? <sighs> also, there is a, I think, a Pixar movie about Bigfoot called Smallfoot or something like that. I don't um, sully the good name of Pixar. It's an animated movie. It's, but yeah. it's something like, yeah, well, it's pretty great. I don't care what the movie's about, but their slogan is... <laughs> Yeti or not, here they come. So I'm fucking seeing that. Yeah. And to be clear, when this uh, slogan appeared on the screen, Heath laughed at full volume for four and a half minutes. People turned around. They thought I was bringing him there as a make-a-wish. People understood why I was there all of a sudden. They were like, bless you. So nice that he gets to go outside. Because he's just like, Yeti! Yeti! <laughs> yeah, he's grabbing other audience members. That's another name it's for another Bigfoot. Word for Bigfoot. <laughs> That's so, so clever. You let go of me. You let go of me. <laughs> Count of three. One, two. I didn't let go either. <laughs> yeah, you're not. Yeah, you're not here. I come. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then look, this next movie. It, it's not relevant, but I want to tell the story. 
All right. Apparently, Heath is a pedophile. I don't know why. Don't, what? The, the reaction <laughs> happened here, but this because is of the volleyball experience. movie. Are you serious? Yes. Okay. Oh. I want to talk about my experience. I would like to talk about my lived experience. Okay. I'm sitting there in the movie. A trailer for a sports movie comes on. A volleyball girls volleyball movie, and all of a sudden, Heath is punching me for my attention. He's shoving. <laughs> he's trying to get me to uh, be aware of this movie. I'm desperately looking for recognizable faces. There are none. The, the only person with a name is Helen Hunt. This entire oh, movie. Come on. He's just shoving me and pointing at these teenage <laughs> girls playing volleyball. I was very confused. <laughs> I like volleyball. Okay. All right. Glad to know it was the volleyball that was getting your attention. I played a lot of volleyball. Nice. So. <laughs> I'm not a pedophile like when, you, when you start. Damn it. Never mind. <laughs> it's, it's like it was okay for me to be so attracted to Jennifer Connelly and Labyrinth because I was a kid at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Now when I watch Milano. it, it's very uncomfortable. Are so, you a kid at the time? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Like, I was a kid when movies came out. They came out when I was a kid. Um, right. So now here's where my notes start. I feel so underprepared. <laughs> uh, but here's the movie. Okay. So we're going to start off with Christian Seth Rogen getting interviewed about his song. <laughs> now, this is going to lead to the backstory. But before it does, this chick's interviewing him and she's like, tell me about how you wrote this here song. And he goes, well, it was easy. It took 10 minutes to write the music, another 10 minutes for the lyrics. That's the actual origin story. Right. Yep. The honest version of the movie ends there. <laughs> the, the song is literally E, E minor, A. He used the three easiest chords. <laughs> right. But she's she contradicts him. She's like 20 minutes. No liar. It took a lifetime. <laughs> and he's like, he's like super confused. He's like, are we in an argument? Right? What's <laughs> happening? I told you. Yeah, he's just like, no. It took 20 minutes. You're a bad listener. Can I give you that <laughs> feedback? 20 exactly. And also, I told you. I'm sorry. Okay. I don't mean to preempt the entire movie with a little impromptu, god awful music here. But if you took 20 minutes to write this fucking song, you jacked off for like six or seven of them. <laughs> Again, this whole movie leads up to a song that is remarkably bad. Remarkably, oh, yeah. Really impressively bad. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler, this ends up being a horror movie and the song is the monster. It's, it's, <laughs> that's, that's the format we're about to get. Okay, so here's how bad the lyrics are for this song. I looked at him and I thought to myself, yes, I can count the number of words in this song in a few seconds. There are 93 words in this song. This song that this woman can't imagine he wrote in only 20 minutes. 24 of them, by the way, are I can only or imagine. <laughs> plus, plus, if that's not bad enough for you, here's all the rhymes in the entire song, okay? Like, side, those two things rhyme. See, me, that's a fucking Susian rhyme. Feel, still, fuck you, you fucking hillbilly, those don't rhyme. Fall, all, against Susian, and do, and you. That is the whole fucking song. Well, and also, a main quadruple theme triple down in this song is, when I go to heaven, I can only imagine it's gonna be so great, what am I going to do when I see Jesus? Should I dance for him? That that's, is the <laughs> that's one of the lines. <laughs> it's like, you know, so I'm going to explain something. Occasionally, because Noah and Heath are really cool when we meet atheist celebrities, and I'm not. So I feel like this whole song is just the three minutes of me talking to them when we're about to meet Hugh Laurie. Just like, should I dance for him? No, just be cool. Just shake his head. I'm going to dance a little. I want to get his attention. Let him know. We're going to hang yeah, out with Matt Dillahunty. I feel like I should have my nips out so he knows I'm excited. No, put your shirt down. Put it down. 
<laughs> the song. Yeah, right, right. Oh, hey, it's Jesus. You think I should do a head spin? I got a pretty mean head spin. What? It's every time Noah has whispered, you're embarrassing me at his shoes, <laughs> the song. <laughs> <laughs> you're embarrassing me. Go sit by the table. Go sit by the table. Sell some shirts. Yeah, so... <laughs> So, yeah, so the interviewer, he's like, not only, I didn't try very hard. It was really easy. And the interviewer's like, no, no, this movie's an hour and 50 minutes. You're going to have to come up with something better than that. He's then, And then he's like, no, okay, well, I guess you have to know my entire life story, really, to get, you know, this these, these complex lyrics. So now we go to his origin story, and we see him as a little fat kid. Yeah, baby Heath. <laughs> <laughs> it's very similar. Similar thing happening in my childhood. Yeah. <laughs> and this kid, oh, we get to see him ride a bike mm. in a second, and uh. he struggles with that bike. <laughs> he rides a bike like I do a push up. Like, <laughs> he's not having a good time. Yeah. Also, they keep having him. The whole thing throughout this movie is he listens to music. So they keep putting this kid listening to good music to try to associate it with the song you're going to hear at the end. But like, <sighs> that's not a good idea. You don't want to put good music all throughout your movie and then end it with Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the other thing we're supposed to learn, we, we have to learn that he's really into music, but we also have to learn that everybody in town sure did love his antics. Oh, yeah. And the ladies loved him, too. Oh, yeah. Apparently. Uh -huh. He drives by. He's got his like his wagon behind his bike, and he drives past, and all the girls are, like, whistling at him as he goes. Yeah. It's a bunch of bullshit. There's no way that's... I was a fat kid. I had a wagon. None of that. No. Like, he might as well, still, like, pull over and start doing a rap video, like, girls twerking on his hydraulics radio flyer. <laughs> Nonsense. Also, I want to point out that they, they try to date this movie at this point because he goes by the movie theater and the Goonies is playing. And that I, I only point that out because this movie will swing between the 80s and the 40s several <laughs> times. It's, it's very unclear what level of Christian he was, how related to the world he was. It, I think I th I have a theory and that's. This guy was always going to be some kind of Christian blank. And they were like, all right, but we need to make it seem like you tried to make it with like a normal band and that you had a normal childhood. Not that you went to church camp, then went to school, then sung in your church choir, then sung in a Christian rock band and then came out with a Christian song. So they keep swinging us into like pop culture references in the hopes that like his adjacentness to the tall, spacious building is enough for us to think he was of the world and not in it. Doesn't work. No. Doesn't work. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> I thought you meant my joke. Uh <laughs> it can be both. I was like, hey, thanks for the note. Just a little, little double entendre for everybody. So we're, all, we're giving notes live on the, on the show now, everybody. I don't know if this follow-up's working either. <laughs> I see your back. You're trying to backpedal out yes. by like uh, being super meta about it, but uh, it still, still yeah, doesn't work. Yeah, Eli's not much better with his bike than this kid. Um... <laughs> So anyway, yeah, and, and we also have to see him make his little weird cardboard space helmet. Yeah, yeah what was that? Is that? Was that like supposed to be part of a movie from 1985 he's, also? No, he's just an imaginative kid. Yeah. And I just wrote my notes. See, I could have bullied this out of this kid. He would have been like, no, no more spaceman stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily for you, you didn't have to because dad was there to do it. 
<laughs> so, all right, this is the most sloppy introduction to a character I think we've ever seen, right? So, Dad is played by Dennis Quaid, and oh my God, I just wanted to send him a fucking check. Just stop doing this, Dennis. <laughs> Here, retire with whatever dignity you had after inner space, oh, bro. I love this dad character. He's so good. He's, he's angry and grizzled. He's, he's dad. He's my dad. So, dad. and, and just so you understand how sloppily we're going to introduce him, we're going to, he, he has to be the guy who his dreams didn't really work out for him. And we learned that because when we first meet him, he's literally got a barrel full of memorabilia that he's burning. <laughs> he's literally burning his past. Yes. Right. Right. <laughs> subtle guys. Subtle. Yeah, and he's like, uh, you know, and his son comes in and his son's like, I dream of accomplishing things. He's like, don't do that. Don't fucking do that. Give up on your <laughs> dreams on the count of three. One, two, two and a half. It's the craziest. It's like a, a farcical version of those. Like, what was that thing there? They did the walk the line parody where it was like the wrong kid died. It was that subtle. He just comes in. You hear me, boy? You hear me? Now let me hear you deny your dreams. All right, now, now rape and kill your imaginary friend, Mr. Squiggles. Do it in front of me. Takes off his shirt. He's got a bad dad t-shirt underneath it. Who bought this for me? I used my alcohol money to buy this. Say it with me. Fuck my dreams in the eye socket. Fuck my... With feeling. Fuck my dreams. Fear does not exist in this. Yeah, dojo. right, right. <laughs> Only fear exists in this. Yeah. Dojo. <laughs> and then, of course, dad has to burn his uh, stupid cardboard helmet, which honestly, dad is so doing him a favor there. He's just he's just like, hey, look, Eli's going to beat you up, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are atheists. You hear me? Fuck your <laughs> dreams. I love this dad, though. He's always like. I feel, I feel like the fire pit's always going just to put a cap on his abusive arguments. <laughs> so he's just like constantly got it. It's good. Yeah, my, my kid comes home with dreams. I need to have some way to burn them. Yeah. <laughs> You're not being silly if I got to get some Doritos, put them there at the bottom and put some oil on there. Got to wait for it to warm up. Got to get the logs nice and hot. No, constantly burning dreams. <laughs> oh, you want a Nintendo. Now I cut your fingers off and burn them. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so, of course, then we get him, like, falling asleep that night to the sound of mom and dad fighting, and and dad is super beady. We get it. Move on, for fuck's sake. He comes into the... This is how... Uns and look, child abuse isn't funny, but he comes into the room to beat up his sleeping son at one point, and Dennis Quaid is just like, I'll teach you up. He's just like... Yeah. Yeah, all right. Does that work? Like, the dad gives up on, like... I wanted to like start up a chainsaw to test the kid and be like, knew it. See, gotcha. <laughs> so, yeah. So, but then we get uh, like mom waking him up and taking him to church camp. <laughs> and he's got this, he puts in this music and he's like, can we just please drive around and listen? I put in music, especially relevant to our situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rather than uh, going to church camp, he wants to abandon dad and ride around and hang out with mom. Felt like he was hitting on mom. It did feel Felt like a lot. He was like, can you really listen to the words? Will you listen to the <laughs> yeah. lyrics? I made you this mixtape. All right. This is Marvin Gaye. Let's get it on. <laughs> All right. So they pull up at Jesus camp. And it's so fucking funny. My note is, oh, this pansy ass child is terrified of a bridge. And then Heath and Eli's notes are, fuck that bridge. I was so scared of that when I was a kid. <laughs> I wanted as he got out of the car for mom to be like, all right, honey, have fun. Never dream. 
So we get him trying to make his way over the swinging bridge, and I'm just writing, don't make a Florida joke, don't make a Florida joke, don't make a Florida <laughs> joke. I don't know. This doesn't come out until Tuesday. I can make a Florida joke, right? Yeah, plenty of time. Know. We all forgot about that one. There was a yeah. new one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ooh, how did he know? Because there were three days in America. That's how he knew. Yep. <laughs> yeah, oh, and oh, of course, this is where we meet the love interest. The kid's nine, but this is where we're going to meet the love interest. This is Shannon, the love of his life. Fucks with him on the bridge. And then look, he does exactly what I would have done. She, the girl's like, hey, you ain't scared of this bridge, are you? And he's like, no, I ain't scared. And then she starts to move it around. And he's like, all right, Shannon, cut it the fuck out. All right. All right. We can meet cute on solid land over there. All right? I don't want a full page in the yearbook. I'll just talk to you over there. So, yeah, so they become friends. And then we also have to meet ethnic friend here, which we do at uh, lunchtime at Jesus Camp, where they're playing the cup game. I wanted Anna Kendrick to come in, side tackle one of the kids. No, it's like this. <laughs> I want him to stack the fucking cups. Come on, guys. You suck at this shit. If they broke into a riff off, I would have been pretty happy. Yeah, that that would have been pretty great. <laughs> All right. So, but now we also learn here that everyone at this camp has to keep a Jesus journal. Uh, Bart doesn't have one. Bart is the kid, the main character kid. So his his buddy, his ethnic friend, TM, will go get one for him. And while this is going on, Shannon accidentally drops her journal and it falls right open to the I love Bart so much page. Uh-oh. Oh. How embarrassing. Anyway, that's important. So late that night, ethnic friend wants Bart to sneak out with him. And they meet Shannon because... He has apparently stolen, I would say, $150,000 worth of fireworks that he yeah. has set off and he wants them to watch. <laughs> Where did he get, like, this kid was holding, like, several tons of explosives inside of himself? Like, right. fucking video game character? Just keister the shit yeah. on his way. And look, my father had a job in, entirely through my childhood, so I don't know a lot about how fireworks work. But I'm pretty sure that, like, they're not something that a nine-year-old can just, like, set up and fire up into the air. I feel like there's electronics involved now and fanciness. No, there's not. You no? Just, you just light a match and put it. How, how does your father having a job relate to you not knowing how lighting a wick <laughs> well, I a, works? I had a good child. Those were for the peasants. The peasants would light them and we would no, sit no, in an air-conditioned no, car no, and we watch. <laughs> no, you're, a, you're, a, you're a, a, a frightened child that had to hide from things that went crack. It has nothing I to do with you being like better than people. It's it's about you being worse than other people. I think it makes me better because I the noises didn't uh, upset my gentle balance. <laughs> better or worse? Are we splitting hairs? <laughs> my humors so, remained intact. Yours were well, yeah, disturbed. no, my my humors, my especially my yellow bile, all out of whack. So no, but the, yeah, the, the kids goes like, I'm gonna set up a fireworks show. You guys sit over there, and then like, there's literally fucking Times Square, July Fourth <laughs> shit going on. It's insane. It's and, and it's not. It's not even like all coming from the same place, right? Because if they're in Tennessee or something in Tennessee, they will sell you a goddamn mortar, right? If you're <laughs> 13 years old and you've got a couple of bucks. So yeah, like a lot of these fireworks, you actually could buy in some states, but they're not even all being fired from the same platform, <laughs> right? And they're going off in time, so they're like clearly electric. Yeah, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. I want to flash kind of the ethnic friend turning to a group of like 45-year-olds and being like, good stuff, guys. Good show this year. <laughs> <laughs> really good. I'm going to 
I'm going to go to the bridge and see how those two nine-year-olds liked it. But uh, <laughs> this is worth the weeks and the $10,000. Yeah, really, exactly. We did it, everybody. And, but it, while this is happening, Shannon turns to Bart and she's like, hey, I'm just going to lay it all out there. We're going to fall in love and we're going to fuck. You hear me? We are going to fuck. I'm nine. I'm nine. <laughs> and by the way, that's the whole purpose of this scene. Right, this whole like diversion to church camp is just, well, that's where I met Shannon and that's important. So that gives you an idea of just how boring this guy's origin story is and shit, that we have to have this entire Jesus camp scene just so that like later on we'll know why he has a girlfriend. That's it. Yep. Yep. So, and, oh, and then also, of course, because we get the next scene where he's leaving Jesus camp, but before he leaves, Shannon has to run up and give him an Amy Grant tape. An Amy yep. Grant tape. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who would be comparable to say you were inspired by as a podcaster? Maybe Static. If I was like, you know, I guess the number one inspiration about us as a podcast. You know when you were changing radio stations and you could kind of hear another station starting up, but you're not there yet? That was really the influence for Skating Atheists. Amy Grant, she's not even really Christian. It's like Jesus broke up with her and these are the first drafts of all of her songs. Now, we're going to get to the fact that she looks amazing and that makes up for a lot but every amy grant song is like i understand jesus is at work and he's got a lot going on right now <laughs> but you could call <laughs> also i love that um at this point in the movie shannon says yeah i love amy grant i want to be a singer just like her one day now spoiler Shannon won't. Shannon will not achieve any of her dreams, but this is a Christian movie and we will not be concerning ourselves with girl dreams, damn it. But anyway, so Bart uh, goes home and finds that his mother is moving out. <laughs> okay. And they really try to play this off differently than the way it is, right? Your mom sends you to camp and then leave, just abandons you and your father, abandons a nine-year-old child, and they're trying to twist it like it's dad. I mean, it's dad's fault because he's a bad dad, but they're trying to twist it like abandoning your child. Like, sometimes you got to leave the kid behind. What are you going to do? Well, also, I love that mom is abandoning the kid, but she's got a moving van. So, like, she's moving out. She's abandoning the kid, but she's packing her shit in bubble wrap. She's not a fucking savage. <laughs> yeah, she just comes home. He's at camp. All right, I'm going to begin the six-week process of my move out. Yeah, well, and I, I love, too, that, like, they, they, they're trying to build this contrast between, like, you know, I had this great time at camp, and I was on top of the world, and then I came home, and it all crashed back down. Yeah, he actually calls it the best week of his life. That's sad. Which, yeah, he's overestimating the value of that, first of all. Like, everybody punches over their weight in, like, vacation and camp. That right, doesn't count. He kissed right. a girl. And definitely, I feel like the guy the guy this is based on was, like, insisting that this be built into the movie. And everybody, like, the whole crew was just like, okay, dude, like, yeah, you kissed a girl at camp. Okay, relax. <laughs> no, I did. Well, you I guys did. I, don't know her. I was nine. <laughs> She's from Canada. I married her. She agreed in the prenup to say every time, whenever I ask, call her anytime, day or night. She has a special cell phone, so, just in case. So, so Bart is all pissed. He blames Beady Dad for his mom leaving, and then him, the two of them, have it out. Well, kind of. They're gonna. There's gonna be like a man-child fight for a second. He's like, "What did you do?" And he's like, "I don't do nothing." And you can see Dennis Quaid be like. 
he wrestles the kid to the ground, but like Dennis Quaid isn't going to hit the, it's not a beating scene. So he's just like, Ugh. Ugh. he's like, make, might as well take him by the scruff of his neck and shake him back and forth a little bit. Like, <laughs> pick him up in his mouth and yeah, get him all slobbery. <laughs> the punch the kid throws is great too. He, yeah. It's like, it's thrown as if the fat from his arm is kind of weighing him down. <laughs> yeah. So he just kind of like slowly does this really awkward yeah. hook. It's like that one, like, did your dad ever make you do that? He's like, throw a punch, go ahead. Like, he was going to teach you how to do it. And you're just like, I know you're going to do the, like, old man strength reversal thing and it's going to hurt and you're going to have me in a hold or whatever. And yeah, so no. that, that's I didn't my, have my, that my, issue with my father. No, he never, he never it, did that. Like, all right, I'm teaching you. No, you, you want to get this now. out here on the air? It's fine. We can take this episode <laughs> in your direction. No, but it was a positive thing. He taught and you what you get, you become tough. It's better. <laughs> so, <laughs> you need to be. Abuse a little bit. <laughs> you don't. You no, don't. That's no. not don't. what I said. No, <laughs> no, it isn't. Because I this is why you weren't out. on the All the King's Horses episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying this character is so he's always being angry daddish. Like he's killing a puppy with a miter saw. <laughs> he's always doing weird tool stuff. Pissed about it. Yeah, no, he does. You can tell, though, that this dad definitely has his extension cords wrapped up a certain way and gets really pissed yeah, if they're not. Yeah, because if you don't roll them the right way, then they don't <laughs> telescope out equally and you get in trouble. And then you learn and then you do it the right way. We're learning a lot about Heath today. We're going to learn a lot so about weird. Eli in a few scenes here, too. So, so, all right. So we're done with the childhood stuff. We cut back to the interview. Um, and the interviewer is like, did you ever see your mom again? I'm like, of fucking course he saw his mom again. He's in his 30s now. And he's rich now, which yeah. they'll catch at the end of the movie. They're like, guess who wanted to have a son again once he had a million dollars? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So and, and she's like, so what did you do? He says, well, I set about doing the only thing that would make my father proud. I tried to get good at football. I was very triggered by this <laughs> sequence. This is a lot for me. My only note here is Eli's weeping super loud. We <laughs> might get kicked out of the theater. I, we, got, people, we got flashlights shined on us a bunch some, right here. Some people may have tried to follow in their father football, <laughs> father's football footsteps and failed. I wish I had broken both of my legs or my spine or whatever the fuck happened to him. <laughs> I just got tackled and made a noise, and I was like, well, no more of this. But, but he didn't make me practice weird abuse punches. So now, in context, yeah, right. I feel way better. That's My it. dad did karate chop me in the throat. I want to be clear. It's not he wasn't abusing me. He was teaching me to be better with. He yeah, didn't, no, he, he was, didn't punch he was me. teaching you to he, use He violence. taught me to be violent. He yeah, wasn't violent. <laughs> Thank you. It's that's different. All right. So we go back to the house. Um, and, uh, he's, he's, Bart is upstairs reading some Jesus and he's, here's his dad come up and he's like, oh fuck, I can't let dad keep catch me loving Jesus. Right. <laughs> is that what that scene was? Yep. yep. All right. So he goes down, uh, stairs and dad has to throw the milk. Dad's mad at him because he let the milk spoil. He should have defended it against those microbes. Damn it. <laughs> so he like chunks the milk jug at, uh, Bart's head. And, and there's this amazing moment where he's like. He's like, I expect a hot breakfast every morning. And again, they, they have like a second of conversation before they've written these incredibly clumsy, I'm an abusive dad lines for him. Mm -hmm. He's just like, so did you get tackled? And he's like, 
Yeah, it's practice. I obviously got tackled. I never got tackled. I was immortal. I'm the alpha and the omega. It's like, really? You never got tackled. So you're still running? Is the play still going, Dad? Yep. Play's still going. That's how good I was. Yes, we seen yes, the sir. bench press downstairs we have in the basement? <laughs> Mostly keep paint cans on it, and there's weird circles there all the time now. But I could jump on there anytime I want. Anytime I want. Yeah, basically, Dad's message is you're not trying hard enough. Try to break your ankles next time, kid. <laughs> it took infinity tacklers to tackle me. That's how many. I ne- it was impossible. So, so, yeah, the new plan to, to, to make Dad proud is impress him by never getting tackled by less than <laughs> yes. infinity tacklers. Immediate cut to the next scene and the kid's getting both of his legs tackled off in yeah. a football game. In practice, right. actually. Like, both legs gone. Yeah, yeah. So he wakes up at the hospital. His dad comes in and he's like, they say you can never play football again. You want me to just fold this sucker over until you stop beeping? <laughs> it's, well, it's it's so much better than that because he goes, you can't play. He goes, for how long? And he goes, ever. And then Heath starts cackling at full volume <laughs> to the horror of everyone in our theater. It was so funny the way that, like, that's not how you get that diagnosis. It was like the dad walks in. There's no doctor in the room, and the kid's just like, "So, what did he say? What did the doctor say?" And the dad's like, "Yeah, you're crippled forever." And he's like, "Shit!" And dad's like, "Yeah, yeah." It was so good. Yeah, there was a bit of an underreaction there. Guess we'll just toss your legs in the fire pit. I still got it going. It's fine. You need to learn. Try to punch me. See? Slow motion. Slow, slow Try to kick punch. me. Oh, you can't because you have no legs. Now Let's you learn. Let's practice violence. Come on. Practice <laughs> some violence. So now he's in a school. Uh, he's back at school and he's in a wheelchair. And everything's going fine. But in order to graduate, he needs to pick a new elective instead of football. And the only thing open is glee club. Now, Glee Club, and him? I have, yeah, well, right, and I have to emphasize that that they that they put in the movie that no, there were no other electives. So this guy, as they're interviewing him to do the script, is like, "Look, y'all, I wasn't gay or nothing. That was the only thing open. I was playing football. I was doing something manly, and then I got hurt, and I had to be gay. I mean, I sing." I feel like there was a writing session where they were like, really? They wouldn't just like let you get a credit because you've gotten hurt for the season? I mean, I'm sure other players would get hurt. No, no, they made me. In fact, I want a scene where they put a gun to my head and I say, fucking pull the trigger, faggot. I'll fucking eat a bullet before I eat a dick. But then gun clicks and I didn't. Dick to my head. I started singing. Dick to my head. I had to do it. So I joined Oklahoma. Like, you remember that torture scene from Here We Go, Hiroshima? It was like that. It was like, they put a bag of rats on my head and then came out singing Oklahoma. It was like deer hunter. I was like, three dicks. Give me three dicks. Mow. Mow. So after all of that, they force him over to Glee Club, <laughs> and he he doesn't want to be there at all. He can't sing or act or dance because he's in a wheelchair. Hilarity! And so they decide to make him the technical assistant, technical director. But then the like the chick that runs Glee Club hears him singing to himself, and he's so good that he has to be the star of Glee Club. 
that she surprises him with the starring role in the musical. Yeah. 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 We cut to the next scene. Everyone's congratulating him. And he's like, congratulations for what? And then they wheel him over to the thing that says, no, no, you're going to be the lead for the school play. <laughs> like secretly cast as the lead. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, involuntary, like hostage theater would be super fun to watch now that I think about it. But that definitely, you can't do that in high school. That would be amazing. I would give all my money to watch a play where you just got like all the kids who hated attention and were really shy and you just put them in a musical by force but they don't get to rehearse. It's just like Oklahoma and everyone still shows up. Uh, Surrey with a fringe on top. Oh, I'm so, a panic attack. Keep going. <laughs> show doesn't end until we get to the last number, kids. But but we Nick should Michelle Obama's drinking. But we should emphasize that once again, here he is saying like, nah, I didn't want to be in no faggy play. They made me do it. They made me be in that play. Also, I just want to take a second and focus on how sad it is that, like, imagine if your life was so pathetic that, like, getting the lead in the school play made it into your biopic. Hey, imagine <laughs> if your life was so pathetic, your name was Snow Illusions. I didn't realize we were attacking each other. On <laughs> the podcast, I'm getting a lot of heat this show. Not okay with it. I was a fiddler in the roof my freshman year. I was were you curly? Were you curly heavier. in Oklahoma? And and you was... don't expect to do anything so significant that that falls off of your biopic list? I don't have much time left. No, I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> I've, I don't know how to fill another 60 minutes of screen time with, and then even more people listen to his podcast. So <laughs> what about have to fill some time with Tevya? What about roles you didn't get? Throw those in there. <laughs> Why limit? There's some fun roles you didn't get. We could talk about them. Uh, I don't let's wanna. not. Let's <laughs> not. That's good. <laughs> so I didn't want to be that frozen snowman anyway. That's so stupid. And he had to be, he had to be a gay guy in Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Who, wants to, Who wants to do that? And he had his own show for a while and that got canceled. Canceled. You know what's still running? This podcast. No one knows what you're talking about. Eli one, Josh Gad zero. Yeah. So okay, at least at least you threw a name in there so people could <laughs> tell who he was talking about. It's fine, everybody. So, you won. You won. <laughs> Take that, Josh. So then Eli starts drinking halfway through the show. He's like, "What's Zippy this zip. alcohol really like anyway?" Zippy zip. I'm gonna have some scotch too, Eve. <laughs> scotch brothers. Josh Gad's dad still alive to be abusive <laughs> to him. Oh, yep. Still alive, living dad. I bet he's real proud of him, too. I bet he's like, oh, my son. Did you see him? <laughs> yep, you did. You did see him. Look so, at me breathing air. Oh, God. All right. So, <sighs> <laughs> so we cut to him singing in the play. And I, I'll admit, the actor has a hell of a voice. He does very well. But mm -hmm. while the play is going on, we cut over to dad. Dad is not at the play. He's at a diner where they have an ad for the play that he sees and it <laughs> yeah. kills him. Well, he's the only one listed in the ad. It's like high school production starring Bart. Starring <laughs> your son. Yeah. Go get him. Yeah. And, but, but he sees this and then he like keels over like, and, and like we're supposed to believe like, Oh fuck that killed him. <laughs> right. Seeing that his son was singing was enough to do the trick. 
<laughs> to be fair, if that had killed this character, it would be the best movie oh, that ever. That would be fucking Just hilarious. Like, nope, my son in a musical. <laughs> Shit comes spewing out of his eyes. Just like, <laughs> But no, he's not quite going to die just yet. So here we are like 12, 13 minutes into the movie and our second character is waking up in the hospital. Uh, Beady dad has pancreatic cancer, but he ain't got no time for no pancreatic cancer. He's got dreams to burn. <laughs> and the son and the son's girlfriend, Shannon, come up and they're like, hey, are you okay? And he's like, fuck you. I mean, hi. hi <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, how are you? He's like, I'm fine. Why don't you tell me about your fucking play? <laughs> he's all pissed and he just goes home to like take his cancer out with a drill press or whatever also what's in dennis quaid's mouth the whole movie right like he's does he it's like a mouthful of loose corn or something just <laughs> grinding a little bit and it's weird I feel like there was an agent meeting where it was like, okay, uh, so Dennis will do the movie. You have three days with him. Um, he will not take out his gum. <laughs> um, <laughs> is that a deal breaker? He's got a thing going on right now. He's really hoping for a Willy Wonka reboot. Thing. But the gum is a keeper. Yeah. So. <laughs> also, there's this stupid bit at the end of this where Shannon, the girlfriend, walks up to the doctor and says, excuse me, doctor, can you freely share medical diagnoses with anybody who takes an interest? No, I guess that's a good thing. Bye. Yeah, I thought because it was a Christian movie, he was going to be like, oh, that guy? Panky cancer. Big old panky cancer. But in a surprising twist of realism, he's like, who the fuck are you? And she's like, right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes home the next day. Bart wakes up early to go to church and dad's already up and has made him breakfast. Now, I want to point out that I know that dad's BD dad and we're supposed to have the idea that dad's been tortured him his whole life and everything. But in this scene, dad just is clearly trying to be nice the whole time and Bart's <laughs> being the asshole. Except about church, though. He's not. He's a super angry atheist dad. Well, but yeah, they don't directly say that. He's just like. Hey, Dad, going to church. And he's like, oh, cool. You want some eggs first or uh, you want to fuck a dude first? <laughs> because you're gay. Church is gay. At one point, he yells, what if I want to do musicals, Dad? And I just wrote the Eli Bosnick story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. My father was very, well, my father was very supportive. Well, good. <laughs> Never made me practice punching. <laughs> so, but the way this all opens up is Dad opens up the newspaper and he's like, Hey, look, you're on the front page of the paper. Isn't that funny? And then Bart's all like Joe Pesci, right? He's like, so my dreams are a clown to you? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes, exactly. I said he's Joe pesci -ing. Yeah, what? So, yeah, so they get into a fight. He doesn't want to eat anything. Bart wants him to, he's like, you haven't even heard me sing. Why don't you listen to it on your 1923 radio over here? <laughs> Again, what decade was this supposed to be? And there's this fucking amazing great moment where he's like, they they like the fight dies down and then Bart starts to do an impersonation of him, which starts the fight up again. He's like, oh, look at me. I'm Dennis Quaid. I was in inner space. I had a career, but then I sort of faded out. Am I Kevin Costner? I don't think I'm Kevin Costner. That's just not funny. You cut that shit out right now. Oh. So fun. Yeah. The little dueling Dennis Quaid impressions yes. at each other angrily. <laughs> so fun. Also, small thing. 
Um, I'm pretty sure Dennis Quaid just hung out with my dad for like a year to go method for this. <laughs> because his bowl of breakfast stuff has literal vice grip pliers in it. That's in it? sitting in the bowl on the table for breakfast. <laughs> like to eat it with like as a as a utensil? I, yeah, maybe. I don't know. He, does, he, we don't, he doesn't start eating, but like he might as well just like take a bagel out and cut it in half with an axe like Paul Bunyan. <laughs> He's so many, so many my dad things going on. All right. So then they have a plate fight. Okay. Dennis Quaid breaks the plate over, uh, over his son's head. So never did that one. We're learning all kind of stuff about Heath. And for I the love, record, for the record. And I love to that. It, so then Bart goes to church all bloody headed. He doesn't even. <laughs> Actually, okay. So, fun story. My dad never, he never physically, he never hit me with a plate or anything, but he did. He thought this was hilarious. He'd make like uh English muffin for me and he would sneak toothpicks inside the English muffin, like what? insert them in and I'd bite down on them and he'd be like, bye, you smashed into a toothpick and it hurt a lot. <laughs> he, was like, he thought that was the funniest fucking thing in the world. Sometimes he put razor blades in my apple. It's almost that. such a card. It, it's like a it's like a slightly safer version of that. Yes, it is. <laughs> Jesus. That's fun. That's fun. So we didn't play those games in my house, but sometimes <laughs> sometimes we would roughhouse. So I get it. My dad it. Would... my dad would jab my gums too. And just, I, bet, I bet sometimes Noah and his dad would be looking in the telescope and then his dad would just shank him with a sharpened toothbrush, right? The old, the old toothbrush prank. <laughs> so So he goes to church all bloody headed. Shannon sees him there. She's like, why is your head bleeding? He's like, oh, it does that from time to time. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, it happens. Allergies. Yeah, what? The toothpick. Don't. <laughs> I thought it was just an English muffin. Um, yeah, but then we have this ridiculous scene where Shannon is sitting in church group with him and all of their friends. And she's like, all right, so I know this guy and I want y'all to pray for him. His name rhymes with farts. <laughs> so but he gets all pissed he's like he goes storming out and he's like hey you embarrassed me in front of church group i i they know that you meant me and she's like well yeah obviously i fucking meant you <laughs> <laughs> and there's this moment where he, he makes some kind of joke or something and then she goes that's not funny and he goes it's kind of funny and if that is not the summary <laughs> of my whole existence is someone be is me upsetting someone them going that's not funny me going okay well to be clear it is kind of funny you're mad but it is <laughs> You said something stupid. I rolled it back into the conversation. <laughs> Humor is that never. No, I'll explain later. So, try your English muffin. But, <laughs> <you're like> <laughs> fucking hilarious, this English muffin. So yeah, so he but he can't love her anymore. He has to Bruce Banner his way the fuck out of there, and and he takes off on his motorcycle for the big world of music. And I just wrote in my notes, this is really my story, guys, and I need us all to respect it. <laughs> Passes a sign that says Binghamton, New York. Yeah, you go, Bart. You go. You're going to be the best pigeon New York City's ever seen. And they're going to love you at that Book of Mormon audition. They're going to love you. You're going to take it by storm, baby. So, if only you could have tap danced before Jesus. So, <laughs> now. It's so dark. I, it really, it started dark. Let's face it. This started dark. 
All right, so he goes to the big city. That would be Oklahoma City, by the way. <laughs> right? Because they say, I had to leave to, to the big city to find my dreams. And then it literally comes up and says, Oklahoma City, six months later. I'm like, oh, fuck you. I've been looking at <laughs> hotels in that city for the last week and a half. The music scene is like the music store. Yeah, the guitar right. center. Yeah. <laughs> And so, okay, so he's working at some youth group and this band is like, they walk in and they're like, oh, here we are, a band without a singer. This is quite the dilemma for us. <laughs> he's just like well, plugging in sound equipment. The lead singer vanishes into a cloud of smoke. Yeah, and right. He just like pulls a pencil out of his short hair and be like, I'll be your lead singer. And they're like, ooh, perfect. yeah. <laughs> hey, good news, guys. Turns out you're just a convenient plot device. <laughs> what was he doing there? Was he just hanging out hoping for a gig? He worked at that center. He oh, was he worked okay. for the youth group. He was like the roadie, the the house roadie or whatever. That makes me feel slightly better. I thought he was just like wandering around theaters. Hey, you guys need a lead. Oh, no, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> Production of Death of a Salesman. Sound guy, yeah. <laughs> you guys need a Willie Loman? Nope, looks like you got one. <laughs> all right, all right. It's weird. Right. So many theaters come fully cast. That it's is so unfortunate. <laughs> so yeah, so he joins this band. They call themselves Mercy Me. And then we cut to one of their gigs. Now, they're playing. We don't know who this guy is. But as they're playing, there's this big biker-looking dude with a ponytail standing in a catwalk as though he's going to assassinate them. Horribly unimpressed. <laughs> this motherfucker looks miserable. <laughs> he looks so mad. This whole character. Yeah. We don't know. So his whole thing is just like, fuck you <laughs> <laughs> right but and the audience isn't really loving it all that much but just then bart tells the audience a story that touches their collective heart and they sing a song about fucking god uh, absolutely <laughs> right it is crazy how much that song is about fucking Jesus, right? He's just, and he's making love to the song too. He's like, oh yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Let me hear it now. Jesus. <laughs> you're standing over there. Ow, so ow, ow. <laughs> Have an English muffin, Jesus. Ow, ow. And the band, it makes no sense. The band's immediately locked into this song he made up just out of nowhere. He's like, so maybe this uh, crowd, you heard about this guy named Jesus? And the band's like, we got it. Lordy Lord, fucking the Lord and be flat. That is the only Christian song. And of course, now Catwalk Biker gets it, right? He sees Bart's soul like when George W. met Putin and he understands that this guy could really be something one day. <laughs> oh, also, by the way, I got to point this out. The whole fucking time, the audience is doing that mad, creepy Jesus camp wave thing with their eyes closed. What is that? And how do I get our audiences to do it? Because it seems... That's creepy cool. as fuck. Yeah, you, you infect them with the zombie virus. We make a Christian right. podcast is how we do that. <laughs> yeah. Two <right>. votes. <laughs> so, yeah. And okay, so this is where we learned that Catwalk Biker is a big Christian music producer that Bart's been super anxious to meet for a long time. Brickle. Yeah, Brickle. <laughs> but we Just get this, Brickle. We get this weird exchange about their names. He's like, hey, Mr. Brickle. And the guy's like, it's just Brickle. Like, Mandinga, the, the male porn. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> and, and he's like, and then Brickle does the same thing back to him. He's like, okay, Barth. And he's like, it's Bart. 
Like who gets yeah, Barth wrong? Who, who says yeah. Barth instead of Bart? He goes, "All right, Barth," and he, no, it's a person's name. You know the person's <laughs> yeah. name. It's not I mean, like, like I didn't not... hear the sound. Yours is Brickle. <laughs> you, you read a lot of semiotics, you know, Roland. No, not not Roland Barth. Okay, <laughs> stupid. You uh, you ever been John Candy and a dog? No, all right. <laughs> so yeah, and and he's got to give him this whole like. You, you're good, kid, but you're not ready. You're not a Christian enough. You're too old to be a Jedi. You need to find <laughs> your song. Yeah. Brickle's the, like, Christian Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, exactly. Movie, like, right. Next scene, they're, like, nailed to a cross in crane position together. <laughs> <laughs> now sing. I'm very much in pain. <laughs> Use it. <laughs> yeah, right. He goes, you're not ready, kid. This is just the beginning of Act 2. And of course, uh, Bart is like, "Well, can you at least ride around on our cum stained bus?" And he's like, "No, I don't want to. I don't want to touch your bus. <laughs> it's kind of gross." So then we have to go see Shannon. Now I love this moment in the movie because you have to step back from this and understand that this is a real dude telling the story of his life to a film writer. And he's like, "So what did you do? Did you get some pussy or anything while you were out there?" And he's like, "No, I pined for my wife the whole time, y'all. Pined for my wife. Show that a lot in the movie about how all I was doing was thinking about her the whole time, okay? Yeah, because one time she heard a woman's voice when she called and there was a hole. She still asked about it. I, just, I would really love this movie to reflect her stopping to ask that. <laughs> So he goes to see Shannon and he buzzes himself in, pretends to be a cop, does it like a complete asshole. Yeah. yeah. He, he breaks into her building and then he jumps out and surprises her like an asshole when she comes down the stairs. Yeah. I wanted her to like mace him and just like, <laughs> go nuts. He's like, surprise, you want to get back together and hang out all the time? And she's like, what? I have a whole, we have no idea what my character is up to at this point. And he's like, ah, who cares? Come on. <laughs> And just to make it worse, he gives her his shitty CD. Yeah, it's like, a- oh my god, what is this? Is this fucking Times Square? Do I have to fucking run people off in my own apartment? We're trying to do this shit too. I wanted him so badly to be like, cool, cool. That's twenty bucks. Um- <laughs> <laughs> oh god, this is like the worst version of here. Read some of my poems while I watch your reaction. <laughs> So he goes back downstairs to tell the band that no, they will not be trained fucking Shannon, unfortunately. Aww. But this is where we learn that Catwalk Biker thought better of it, and he did come along after all. And is it me, or did the movie pause for a laugh at that moment? <laughs> the whole movie just held for like a good 60 seconds while they were waiting for the theaters all over America to just crack up and lose it and Brickle coming along. My theater did. I, I didn't notice the boss because I actually needed it to let the laughter die down. Yeah. So this is where we move into our being a Christian musician montage. Yeah. They're doing that rebellious Christian music in Oklahoma City. <laughs> yeah. So much courage. We need a montage to show it. <laughs> Living a tough life. And then they, we get this scene where they learn that they're going to play at GMA week. Now, I want to want to point this out. This is such a popular event that Google assumed I was asking about Good Morning America Weekend Edition when I looked it up. <laughs> the movie didn't really know what it was no. either because at one point, one guy in the band's like, what's GMA Week? And the other guy's like, well, it's only the biggest event in 
Yes, this movie. Yeah, they actually this. couldn't think of a meaningful way to end that. Yes. Oh, it's a, a, a showcase. So, uh, <laughs> I think okay. So GMA is the Gospel Music Association. So I think that's this is the Dove Awards presentations or something. I don't know. Anyway, they're gonna play there. It's a pretty big deal. It's not like Google knows about it big, but it's pretty fucking big. <laughs> So they're going to do that. But first, we have to have another missing Shannon montage. So we cut to GMA week. And I I fucking love this scene, too, where they walk into the theater where they're going to be playing. And they're going like, whoa, this theater is almost as big as the smallest one the GAM guys have ever done a live show in. It's so huge. <laughs> it's amazing. Just like, what is this, 75 seats? No. Right. <laughs> what, what if we be. brought some more in and put them in the front then yes then it would be 75 <laughs> seats man yeah but it's supposed to be the, like they made it big and they're it's gonna be huge and <laughs> yes. they're like and this is dingo he's your sound guy we got you he's magical with sound stuff <laughs> yeah uh -huh. and first of all apparently we're just gonna like ignore that there's a grown man named dingo in this movie and just gloss right over that but but dingoes can do ever like I really wanted a montage of him just dingo plugging in different sound cables because yeah, he's right. a genius shit down. Of, of XLR <laughs> three quarter yeah. Also, so this is where we get the the cameo in the movie, right? He goes backstage and there's this dude doing a cameo where they like obviously know no one's gonna know who he is, so they have to start by saying his name and position. Right, it's like a, it's like in a TV show where they go like, "Oh, look, it's former Green Bay's Packers cornerback Pat Lee." You know, it's that kind of cameo. I don't know, sis. <laughs> yeah. So, but then, and, and he's like, "Oh my God, I know who you are. You were at a concert once that I was at, watching you, and and you wore a red vest at that concert." Yeah. But what? Who wears a red? Was he like the valet in addition to the guitar player at the concert? What? But then he turns around, the cameo guy does, John Cameo, I'm going to call him. And he says, I don't know, Amy Grant, the famous Christian singer. Was I wearing a red vest at that thing? And then we turn around and boom, Amy fucking Grant is there. Hey, hey credit where credit is due. Amy Grant looks fucking incredible. She's 57. Oh. What? She looks um, she looks significantly better than I do. Significantly oh, yeah. younger. Okay. Well, that's significantly a weird significantly better. That's a weird example. Most people describe somebody who's attractive. <laughs> <laughs> and like uh Bart goes, Is that Amy Grant? I'm like, I don't fucking know, dude. You tell me. I wouldn't know her if she licked me. Don't well, believe me, Amy saying. Grant. Lick me and find out. I dare you. I bet you can't. I bet you're too scared to lick me, Amy. 57? 57. Oh, shit. Yeah, she looks amazing. Beautiful. Beautiful. And anyways, he's all starstruck. He's like, oh, Amy, hi. And that's to me. Oh, it's the First Amendment, stupid. I love you. <laughs> I love track. Uh, your music is great. Yeah. No, we have that awkward moment. I'm smooth sometimes, just not. I couldn't think of an example. At the moment that Eli is making fun of me for right now. That's fine. My dad was never like, try to kick a line at me. Kick a line at me. He should have he never <laughs> trained me how to talk to girls. Just it's fight. great. Doesn't matter. Toothpick got your tongue, boy. <laughs> <laughs> that old chestnut. It literally does. Yep, it, so, it does have all right. So now it's time for the big show. A big, I have in quotation marks. 
Um, and the movie, by the way, recognizes their their music sucks. So they don't make you sit through much of it. They like they give you like the last two chords at the end. All right. Well, that was our show, folks. Glad you didn't have to sit through that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great. There's this uh, this row of angry, like atheist music execs in the front row, just like reading Darwin being like, boo, <laughs> boo, Christian music. Don't impress me. <laughs> So, yeah, so after the show, the whole band is sitting around backstage nervously waiting to find out what all the record executives think, right? Uh, the biker, catwalk biker dude, Brickle, is out front talking to them, but Bart just can't wait. So he pulls what I call an Eli-esque audible. <laughs> he just bursts out from behind there. He's like, I know you told me to stay back there, but how much do you like me? Am I being professional now? <laughs> I accidentally ate acid. I'm having a crazy day. <laughs> and, and the amazing thing is like, the guys are like, seriously, do, do you want this feedback? And he's like, yeah, tell me whatever you got. I Hit me with it. Hit me with it. And they're like, well, you have a lot to work on. And he kills himself instantly. Just like, yeah. <laughs> I quit music forever. Yes. You don't know shit about dick fucker. <laughs> Hits them all in the face with a plate of eggs and bacon. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I express me. myself. <laughs> yeah. So, the, yeah, he's like, am I good enough? And they're like, no, I no, you're not. I know a guy looking for a pizza delivery specialist, though. And so he freaks the fuck out and decides to stop being a musician altogether. We also we even get the like the flashbacks to his dad also telling him he wasn't good enough. Just like those record executives told him. Yeah, and it's so stupid. It's like, we can't sell your Christian music. Christian stuff does not sell. That is proof. We need atheist <laughs> records only. It's dumb. Yeah. So, okay, so he goes backstage where he continues to rant like an asshole now. Like He's like, yeah, I fucked up our chances, and I'm mad at you guys because I'm not better than I am. He's like, I've been trying for minutes. Minutes, do you hear me? Yeah. Why can't a mediocre fat guy be a rock star? Y'all tell me. <laughs> but yeah, but of course he goes to quit the band, but Catwalk Biker follows him to talk some sense into him. And he gives him what I call an atomic pep talk. If you took any one element away from this pep talk, it would no longer be a pep talk. It's like the minimum measurable amount of pep talk. He goes, let me tell you, you suck most of the time, <laughs> but not... <laughs> A hundred percent of the time. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, and then he's like, well, but what is the backstory of this film? He's like, daddy issues. Yeah, yeah, it's daddy issues. Right. Yeah, we went over that at the beginning. It'd be weird if we did a flashback now because it'd be the same beginning of the movie. It would, <laughs> it would be led up to here, but then we'd have to move forward into where the original narration began. <laughs> <laughs> So. Right, but the advice is just like, oh, your dad beat you. Write a song about the beating. Yeah, so like belt stick and wrench goes platinum eventually. But that's <laughs> not what he does. Well, hey, this is Christian music. People are gonna get it. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. And and he wants, yeah, the, he wants him to face his fear of the abusive dad. I just want him to like cut to like Bart lowering himself into a cave full of Dennis Quaid's flying around. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> So now, okay, minutes later, Bart is super sorry. He doesn't want to quit the band anymore. He's he's sorry, guys. The band to be like, yeah, man, like it's been thirty eight seconds. For some reason, we didn't. <laughs> we haven't entirely. hired anyone. <laughs> 
Doo-doo, the sound guy, is just sadly taking a guitar off of his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I heard that's how one got this job. It is so, <laughs> so he's, but, but the one guy's like, so are we a band again? And he goes, no, we're not a band. We're a family. <laughs> yeah. From now on, we're not a podcast. We're a family. No, we're a podcast. <laughs> we're, we're a family. All right. So Don Toretto <laughs> smashes through the wall yeah, with a Dodge right. Charger. Exactly. One vote. Band, One vote. Family. Well, I know there's been an awful lot of plot so far, so we should probably take a break and let the audience catch up. But first, let me give Act 3 the hard sell. Will the Avengers be able to stop Thanos before he collects the final Infinity Stone? Will Parseval find the keys in time to save the Oasis? Also, what the fuck is going on with this stupid movie? Find out the answers to these questions and less when we return for the yada, yada, yada conclusion of I Can Only Imagine. Um, Jesus, we have the new batch of heaven arrivals. Thought you might want to greet them. Man, they just keep coming, don't they? Yeah, sure, bring them on in. Hey, so uh, thanks for having me. No problem. Go say hi to Grandma. Oh, Grandma. Cool. Cool. Uh, next. Hey, Jesus. Uh, what are you? What, what are you? I'm sorry. What are you doing? Oh, I'm I'm dancing for you. Why? Why? I don't know. I figured you know, best foot forward, right? Like, wah, yeah. Okay, okay. Kicking, kicking. Uh, yeah, oh. I did, did some taekwondo oh. in high school, so I figured you know, show you my best foot. Oh, wah! okay. Yeah, nice to meet you, dude. I can see a lot more than I. You're in a robe. Anyway, yeah. welcome to heaven. Welcome. Uh, this doing anything for you? I, honestly, is that river dance? No, it's not. It's doing nothing. Okay. Well, if it's not doing anything for you, then this obviously isn't heaven. So I guess I'm in hell. Oh, I, I mean, I, yeah, no, great dancing, man. Welcome to heaven, man. Now go say hi to grandma or something. Okay. Cool. Uh, she's not here. She's she's a bad lady. Oh no, yeah, she was. She was. <laughs> I dance for Jesus. <laughs> And we're back for more of this shit. When we last left our hero, he was going home to confront his dad, and he was not wearing a helmet. He's kind of asking for it, I guess. <laughs> and, and dad, again, he's just doing angry dad. He's got tools everywhere. Yeah. Like an alcoholic would have beer cans. <laughs> he's, he's just like random power tool stuff on random pieces of the house. He's just yep. cutting wood, smashing it down. Doesn't matter. It's the best. <laughs> so, yeah, so he comes in. Dad's asleep. He goes to bed, wakes up the next morning. Dad has cooked him breakfast. <laughs> um, and specifically, Dad made him a frittata. Yeah, and he comes in, and he's like, "Yeah, hey, I made made you a frittata." Uh, you probably have a lot of questions about this frittata. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's, it's Spanish. It's really an omelet. It's funny how it's a combination of spices, but it's like saying all Mexican foods the same combination of ingredients. You know that old joke. Uh, but honestly, it's good. Got healthy protein. <laughs> well, I, apparently they just think the, that Dennis Quaid saying frittata is so fucking funny that they can live there for like 10 minutes. I mean, I laughed at frittata for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and then dad wants to say grace. Right, right. And this is the, really the fucking crux of the whole movie. Dad's Christian now, so he's fixed. It couldn't be being lonely and dying makes you less likely to hit people. No, he's Christian now, so he's fixed. Yeah. And his grace is so bad, right? He's like, uh, dear God, uh, 
For the key to the frittata is how hot you get the pan. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthdays. So, so dad says this shitty grace. And then he goes, and then he goes like, well, what made you Christian? He's like, I read the Bible. You want to see my burned entrails? Yeah. And, and Bart goes, oh yeah, did you? Uh, what part of the Bible? And he goes, all of it. <laughs> Bart's like, all right, thanks, Sarah Palin. Maybe name a book of the Bible so I know you're not lying. This is two sentences away from Heath trapping me in a conversation where he's like, really? You read a lot of John Locke. Oh, I love it. What, which book of his did you read? Oh, the Lock and Key? The oh, the graphic novel? Yeah. By John Lock and Key. So- Goldilocks and the three <laughs> bears repeating. <laughs> so, all right. And they, they play this like comedy line, right? Where he's like, I read the Bible several times. What the hell's up with Leviticus? Yeah. yeah. What's the deal with Leviticus? Have you seen this? Have you <laughs> yeah. heard about this? It's like, you guys can't use that as a punchline. I'm allowed to do this because I'm not the one that says this book is the work of God. You can't do that. And then he has this weird moment where he's like, so I've been rebuilding my Jeep. Uh, fucked your mom so hard in that Jeep. <laughs> so hard. And he's like, stop trying to connect with me, dad, which I'm here to fight or something. I don't know. You're a bad dad. Yeah. What? What? What is he here for? He's like, I don't want to connect you with you, dad. He's like, why the fuck are you in my home? Then he's like, yeah, that don't make no sense at all, does it? <laughs> Shit. And dad's like, well, I dreamed that maybe we could fix that Jeep up together. He's like, give up on your dreams, dad. Boom. Dynamite. Like in the first fucking scene. Dynamite, motherfucker. Throw your Jeep in the fire pit. How you like it? <laughs> Asshole. He's like, I think when you do bad things, you just have to know who you are forever, dad. You just wear it like a chain around your heart forever. Anyways, <laughs> good to see you. Thanks for the frittata. Yeah, I'm now leaving. <laughs> So he goes to get on his motorcycle, but then changes his mind. I don't, I didn't was get it broken or I, I, yeah, was it? Sh- oh, okay. So his, his bike won't start. So he's going to steal his dad's truck, I guess. And this coming up is my absolute favorite part of the movie. He, he, gets, into his, <laughs> he gets into his dad's truck and he's just like, oh, look, it's a, a pamphlet that says pancreatic cancer, yeah. <laughs> the worst of all the cancers on the front page. What could this be about? Yeah. <laughs> and he grabs it and then like a spring loaded letter pops out of it. <laughs> and it's like, diagnosis, pancreatic cancer. Your dad has it in bright red at the bottom. Yeah. Diagnosis, pancreatic cancer. Like that's how they tell you you have it. Like dear Dennis Quaid, <laughs> regret to inform you that Turnover, cancer. Like, <laughs> what is really a scratch off? Like, pancreatic cancer. Fuck. And why does he keep it in the car in case right. he forgets what kind of cancer he has? <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. Can I see your license registration and what kind of cancer you have? And like, oh, Ed McMahon shows up with a giant check. Pay to the order of dad has cancer. <laughs> Damn it. Those balloons suck. So, yeah, dad's got the dying. And Bart figures this out. So he goes out to the garage. Now, dad is beating the Jeep up with a baseball bat. Dad collapses. Bart picks up the baseball bat and seriously considers beating his dad to death with it. Okay. How amazing would it be if I can only imagine started to play and he's just killing his dad with a bat? (laughs) (laughs) And then it cuts back to the lady from the beginning and she's like, oh, wow, that is a crime. (laughs) 
to a crime. <laughs> well, as I'm watching that, he's standing over his dad with a baseball bat, and I'm like, what the fuck kind of song is this that we're doing here? <laughs> but the movie plays this, I guess I won't kill my cancerous father with a club, as though this, it's this moment of great mercy, right? <laughs> Instead, he's just like, dad, are you dying? I wanted her to be like, you have to tell me. <laughs> Show me your dick. <laughs> Belt, stick, radiation, or chemo. What do you want? <laughs> so, yeah, he forgives his dad, takes his dad to church. Right. And they bring up John Newton. John Newton, which is the ultimate of the like stories you would not want to tell, right? It's like, let me tell you a story about John Newton. He was a slave trader. For years, he thrived on the rape and enslavement and destruction of families and the death of innocent people. But then he wrote a song that we like. So <laughs> what are you going to fucking do, right? Yeah, Come right. On. That's Amazing Grace, that's catchy as shit. That's definitely worth <laughs> the hundreds of thousands of rapes that he enabled. Still good at physics. Still good at physics. You don't know. <laughs> Well, and also, by the way, the message this movie is clearly sending here is if you think about it, this number 71 on the Billboard's chart song for a week really is kind of like the modern Amazing Grace. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, movie. Jesus. Also, fuck John Newton. Like, Amazing Grace is a good song, but still fuck John yeah, Newton. Right. <laughs> it turns out there is no song. I like the boys are back in town, but you can't like, oh no, they ran over a bunch of people with their tour bus. Okay, well then fuck guys, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we get that and then we get the Bart and dad forgiving each other montage. And then, by the way, that melds straight into another montage, right? They, they, this goes from like uh, making up with dad montage to a pining for Shannon montage. Mm -hmm. You can't do back-to-back -back montages, guys. There are fucking rules. <laughs> you got to double up on the montage. Double up on the montage. Also, by the way, I'm sorry, but are we learning that this grown man started journaling again? Because the dad's, because well, well, he's making up with dad. He's like, uh, so you still with that girl, Shannon? He's like, no. He's like, well, what the fuck's wrong with you, boy? You ain't never going to get no pussy hot as that again. <laughs> You're a fat kid. Are you not aware? <laughs> Slap those tits. Look at that. Look at that. Still bobbing. Look you at those. two are meant for each other. Didn't you watch the beginning of the movie? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So he calls her and he's like, yeah. And at this point she won't take his call. So he's just, we have all these scenes where he's calling and talking to her answering machine. And he's like, I started journaling again as though that's going to be what does it. Sploosh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Hello. Hello. I'm sorry. Did you say you were journaling? Again? <laughs> say it again, but slower. I love a man who journals. What size? You mean font? that you like give into propancha pretty excessively, like in written form? You reinforce all those bad thoughts. There's a lot of evidence that says that's bad for you. So now it's time for Dad to give his dying speech. It, and it turns out that it was Bart singing that brought Dad to Jesus and saved his soul in the first place. Turned out that after he hit him with that plate that day, he did listen to him sing music on his World War One radio. And this is also where Dad takes back his like, hey, I was wrong about the not following your dream shit. Why don't you go ahead and try that? Once I'm dead, I won't care anymore. Okay. And again, sorry, little theater story here. That's what happens in the scene. At which point, 
Heathleton Bethesda Enright turns to me and goes, hey, hey. Did he just say the N word? He go, said the N word. He what? definitely. That's the they what? accidentally. They accidentally said the N word. There was N-word. no N word. I'm pretty sure they dropped an N bomb. So we had a weird whisper fight at the back of the theater <laughs> for the. Re- I have no idea what happened in the rest of this scene because Heath was just like he did. He did. He was like they're all about. And I was like, no, it's not. No one said the N word. <laughs> pretty sure they said the N word. I don't think they did. Stop whispering N word. I. <laughs> so so was right. Say it. So, <laughs> I also I have to point. I think this, the people in front of us are black. Stop it. <laughs> so I also have to point this part out. Um, Bart's dad at this point is like, I I left you some life insurance and I what little money I have I, I'm I'm going to leave to you. So you've got some money now. So this is the story of this kid bumming around with his band until his dad's life insurance money ran out. Yeah. That is the story we're hearing. Yeah, he got a life insurance plan with all that like angry self-employed woodcutting money i guess <laughs> yeah and how does the movie think life insurance works like you, like you have to hand somebody a physical skeleton key to a chest of gold that you get at some point <laughs> it's like you know it's just like a big thing it's it's on it's somewhere it's written down i'm just saying no. at least his dad left him some money i've I'd have taken a plate full of eggs to the back of the head. You see how nice that is? Got to bum around with his band. Jesus. Would have been fantastic. So, no, it's fine. It's fine. Never put toothpicks in my food or made me practice hunting. <laughs> so it's all good. Thanks for all the support, Dad. So Jesus I made Christ. it. So, <laughs> so then we actually get the one part of this movie that I thought was very well done. You know, we see it so infrequently. I'll call it out when I see it. Do you mean the song Amazing Grace? Well, yeah, in the way that, because as he's dying, he's like, sing to me, Bart. And so we switch between Bart singing him Amazing Grace, and then we switch to him hearing Bart on the radio singing Amazing Grace and coming to Jesus. And then that all ends in the funeral where they're all singing Amazing Amazing Grace Grace. for Dad. I thought that that was really well done. And I just wanted to like scream at the top of my lungs, Christian movie makers. It's like that, but for a whole fucking movie. A whole movie. Imagine doing that the whole time. Trying yeah. that hard. That's what you're shooting for. I cried a lot during that scene and it made Heath fantastically uncomfortable. He got still like I was motion activated. I just like he stopped taking notes and just waited for me to finish crying. I was like, if I keep crying, Heath will have no notes for the rest of this movie. <laughs> I was trying to get his attention with other stuff. Like, hey, look, I'm shaking my hand. I'm shaking my hand. <laughs> look at this. Cooking brown. We'll go for a ride. Tea. We'll go out. <laughs> we'll go out. We'll get you a soda. <laughs> so, hey, let's go see Black Panther. Let's go see Black Panther. <laughs> we can so, talk about this movie some other time. <laughs> so then we, and this is very important, at the funeral, Grandma, who is Cloris Leachman, what the fuck is she doing in this? Anyway, so she just turns to him at one point and she goes, just imagine what your daddy's seeing now. You know, like in that crappy Christian song. <laughs> I just noticed that Heath has, did he say the N-word in his notes here? What? I'm pretty sure. I don't think that he If you did. guys go back, go back and watch the movie in theaters again. No. No, I guess that's the gambit that you have to offer. There's no fucking way I'm going to go back and check. So, yeah, all right. He said the <laughs> N-word. So now he's back with the band, which was apparently just waiting for him this whole time. You know, Where like were they? Off like, I singers. wanted them to cut over. They're just like in, still in Nashville in that green room. Just like, man, what the fuck? <laughs> 
I wonder if he's <laughs> did he kill his dad yet. He's going to hang uh, out until his dad's dead or what? <laughs> just throw him in the fire pit. Let's fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is where he starts to write the song. And I just wrote in my notes, yep, great art always happens on the very first try. Well, also, okay, so he's flipping through his journal and he's seeing the words I can only imagine several times in his journal. And of course, my question is, why does his journal have nine words per page? Yeah, he's, he's going for a page count in his personal journal. Why? Yeah. Are, you, <laughs> are he... you triple spacing your handwriting? <laughs> no, page spacing? You're page spacing yeah, your handwriting. Yeah, apparently. You move the margin can, again? That's, that makes no sense. <laughs> he cannot handle multiple sentences on the same page, I guess. <laughs> he wrote, I can only imagine, everywhere, like on 30 different pages. He's got like tattoos on it like memento <laughs> like oh i can only imagine got it and look yeah. this is a nine-year-old boy's journal we know he was talking about what a vagina looks like you're not fooling us <laughs> Bart, all right? yeah, exactly. we all end journal. up writing like the booby song if this is how it works exactly yeah, right so we have to cut to catwalk biker uh, uh brickle who can't stop listening to his awesome new single yeah he, he taped his performance the one after his dad died and Brickle got the tape and Brickle's listening to it. And he like does that thing. And so he like starts slowly dancing uncontrollably. Like first his leg, like being possessed. Like, I just can't ignore that. There goes my hips. Oh, look at that. Yeah. This is amazing. This song is almost too good. If you think about it, too good for music. Yeah. The song's like the ring. You have to pass it on. Yeah. <laughs> also, of course, John Cameo is there in his office and he likes that music, too. He likes it so much that they should send it to Amy Grant. Yeah, and here's the amazing thing. This movie accidentally keeps sliding in the insidious corporate side of Christian music because in this great come to God moment, the two main character protagonists are like, you know, that would be great for Amy to cover because I bet a bunch of people would buy that. And she's a slightly bigger name than Bart. We could probably get that onto the iTunes charts. Don't you think? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yes. I mean, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to the yeah. most weird corporate part of this movie, but go ahead. Yeah. So we cut to the house of skills. Now, I know that doesn't mean anything to the audience, but yeah, to us, the, the, when we first met Eli, Heath and I lived in a house that was very much like the house that you would imagine a bunch of bandmates living in. Anyway, so they cut to me and Heath's old house, and there's a phone call from Amy Grant. Now, we have to do the super funny, like, they hand the phone to Bart, and it's like she's like, hey, it's Amy Grant, and he hangs up, ha ha, funny guys. But <laughs> no. I thought they were going to do the different person thing. Like the phone rings again. He's like, Amy Grant. Sorry about that. And it's just like, no, this is the newsboys. Fuck you. <laughs> Amy Grant. That's not funny. You've seen how we've aged. You know how we've aged. That's not cool, man. <laughs> but I love too that what we're really doing here is stroking Amy, Amy Grant's ego. It's like, yeah, they hung up because you're so super famous. People would be very impressed to get a phone call from you, Amy, in our script. Bullshit. Lick me and find out the truth, Amy. That's right. Come hang out with us. Come hang out with us. And and, and we, we won't know that it's you. We won't. We won't hang out. So, okay. We'll probably be busy. <laughs> Candlelight dinner, fondue right now. You so, won't. <laughs> I was married before. So <laughs> the record started. So now we're all the way back around to the beginning. And apparently it's been Amy Grant asking him questions the whole time, right? She's the interviewer. So the reveal in this movie is 
Come on, what are the odds anybody's going to recognize Amy fucking Grant? <laughs> yeah, they wanted this to be a big reveal. Like, yes. Oh shit, it was Amy Grant the whole time. But we saw that at the beginning, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. we knew that was happening. Except I didn't know who the fuck Amy Grant was. Yeah. By the way, Amy, if you licked me, everyone would know who you were. They would all oh, remember yeah. you. It okay. Works. Let me tell you, Amy. <laughs> so this is where she asked, like, we're back right at the beginning. Like, how did you write this song? And I thought, like, a clever enough script doesn't have to then have him answer the question that this entire movie to this point has been the answer to, right? <laughs> He's like, right. So for anyone not paying attention, and that's a bunch of you, my dad was bad, <laughs> and then God made him awesome. I can only imagine how awesome heaven is. We got yeah. yeah. on the same page. So Amy agrees that she's going to cover his song and it's going to be huge. So he calls Shannon to tell her the good news. Now, <laughs> I guess I should probably point out that like this actually, but the, the like, no, honey, I was pining for you the whole time thing works both ways. Cause like the, the, the Shannon who's not answering his phone, like clearly she's fucking somebody, right? Oh, <laughs> I wanted Shannon's black boyfriend to walk into the room right now so badly. <laughs> Just like, honey, is he still calling? No, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine, Alan. Dennis Quaid walks in with his underwear and a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he knows? <laughs> I faked my death. He probably doesn't. So, <laughs> But yeah, the movie forgot they never developed any of this plot. No. They were, they're acting like we're aware of an entire movie about this that did not happen. Yeah. Right, he calls her up and he's talking to her answering machine. He's like, I'm super sorry about the, uh, whatever our conflict was. Was it the thing where you asked people to pray for me in church? Anyway, we're resolved now. I resolved. I apologize for that. You know, we, may, we may got. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, she's so impressed that he apologized for the whatever the fuck it was that she picks up the phone, but it's too late. He hang up, hangs up just as she answers, like always. So then we cut to the big concert hall before the Amy Grant concert. Now, at first, we just see him sitting on the stage beforehand, like chatting with Amy about how it's going to be such a big night for him. Yeah, I don't I don't know that it's a big night for the writer of a song that someone famous covers. Just not like picturing Taylor Swift talking to some 40 year old guy who was a backup guy for the Bee Gees. Just being like, big night for you, huh? <laughs> Me singing that song? Hey, yeah. Thinks I, wrote it. I bet that's what you've always dreamed of was writing music for other people to sing. Oh. I need you to get off the stage. I have sound tracks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sing your song now, but you can sit uh, in the audience. <laughs> Elsewhere, yes. If you buy a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we cut to the, the concerts going and i love once again they recognize the movie makers recognize how bad the music is because you'd think you're gonna have amy grant as your guest you would think you'd have amy grant sing one of her popular songs at this moment in the movie but no they give <laughs> us like the last four seconds of a terrible goddamn song Oh. Which was more than enough. And it, again, it's just the Amy Grant, like, I'm there, Jesus seems real busy. <laughs> too busy to hang out with his friends. So, yeah, so she finishes that up, and now she's going to sing her rendition of his song. But wait, no, wait, she can't quite do it. She's going to have to let him sing it. What? <laughs> totally impromptu. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, that wasn't <laughs> planned at all by the marketing people. <laughs> Fuck you. And then finally, after this entire goddamn movie, we get to go, 
Oh, that song. <laughs> right? Oh, <I> remember that <laughs> That's about, is, is that we all had the exact same emotional journey. Oh, yeah, I remember that. It was on the radio a for a little while. No, not song. It was an annoying, but it was on. It was on the radio. I do remember that. It's like, I remember it's like slightly more Christian drops of Jupiter. Yeah, it's like, with arms wide open. Oh, yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> but yeah, but the audience sure as hell does. Yeah. And Brickle loves it too. Brickle walks in at this point and he's like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but you can see the actor. Absolutely just so sad about having to pretend he loves like, <laughs> dies a little bit inside. Like even the actors going, wait, we're making a movie about this fucking song. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote as a joke that because it pans to his face and then it pans to the empty theater. And I wrote, oh, it's going to be empty except for Jesus who gives him a, an Orson Welles standing ovation. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but it was his dad. Uh, no, but it was I really even dumber. I thought it was going to be Jesus for a second. It was just like, <laughs> <laughs> this guy gets it dancing for me. Finally. So, yeah. So he sings his song. Everybody claps for him and loves him. But damn it. He only wants to get to Shannon who's in the audience. He's trying to get to her like me trying to go to a bathroom after a live show. Yeah, right. It's like, oh, I'm going to poop into your hands. <laughs> Yeah, so he walks out to the audience and he finds I wanted him to walk right past her though and just start making out with the girl right behind her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we never developed your story. It's yeah, no, I'm with that you the would think. Glee Club teacher from earlier, yeah. <laughs> so it, also Oof. we have to point this out too, because as he's about to sing this song, like in that exact moment, his band is back home about to deliver a bunch of packages that have like, you know, from the writers of the big hit Amy Grant song on them. Right. And again, this is the moment of like totally opening the door to the corporate shell that is Christian music, right? It's just like, guys, don't send out the ad packets. All right, well, we already agreed to 3020. No, 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 just stop. We're doing a different <laughs> giant corporate agreement, okay? We're all very clearly a business. We have a packing and shipping business to various radio stations all over the country, but we're going to pretend this is dramatic. And meaningful. Yeah, it's not like a magic pumpkin scenario. Like, nobody's right. going to have, they don't have to do anything here. <laughs> also, like, I'm sorry, but what's the timing of this? What, like, what time is Amy Grant having a big concert and UPS is doing pickups? <laughs> right? <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, but they have to stop the truck that they're delivering them singles in because Amy Grant gave them back the song and now it's their single. Ray. Think of trying to pitch that movie in, in a screen room. Just no, no, no. And then the big moment is they gotta they get their single back from Amy Grant. <laughs> That's a big, exciting and that of is course, the peak of the film. It's a Christian movie, so they're like, Yeah, I guess we're gonna have to do that now. <laughs> so yeah, so then the song gets super popular. We have to have the their song getting popular montage. <laughs> so stupid. Like, we hear a bunch of DJs, Christian ones, being like, number one Christian song in America. But also, they, they want to tell us that real radio stations. So it's like, this is an atheist radio station. And the top request is a Christian. Actually, hold on. 
Getting word. We are a Christian radio station now, too. Yeah, right, Amazing. right. Yeah, and by the way, no, it was never the top requested song in any goddamn radio station anywhere outside of the Christian universe. How amazing universe. would it be for pre-conversion Seth's voice to be in this montage? I really <laughs> love this song. Man, I'm going to love it forever. I haven't heard it yet, but if I don't love it, I'll probably turn into an atheist. <laughs> And then we get the actual Breakfast Club clothes where it's like talking about, oh, you know, their song went triple platinum and they had 21 more hit songs, 21 more hit songs, none of which ever reached the top 200 on any non-Christian chart. Seriously, you guys remember their second biggest hit, Word of God Speak? Of fucking course you didn't unless you were Seth Andrewed as a child, in which case I'm very sorry about this whole rant. <laughs> Word of God Speak, there's Jesus over there. No, not that guy. That's his friend Tim. This is Jesus. <laughs> that's at least double platinum right there, Eli. That's if you if 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 the whole podcasting thing doesn't work out, you know. Uh, and I in this little thing, they had this great moment. I, was, I thought it was very sweet. I love this movie. They had the, their wedding picture, and you see the real people, and they are way fatter than the actors they hired for this movie. You were just like, ah, look at them. Oh, there you go. It's great. They show us like the album cover photo of, of one of Mercy yes. Me's albums, and they're trying to. Be, it's great. They're trying to be all aloof, like looking off the side, they're, but they're trying so hard to do it. Yeah, like, you could see him shaking in a still photo, trying not to look at the camera. <laughs> They look so, and they, yeah, they look like an ad for like the LL Bean Husky section. It's not great. <laughs> and then we have to end with a clip of them playing at the National Prayer Breakfast for Trump. Oh Jesus, I didn't realize yeah, that. I was 2017 Prayer Breakfast. I was already out. I will admit, I was out of the theater by that point. I was just kind of, I was glancing over my shoulder. Okay, yeah. And then they played at the Prayer Breakfast. All right, I'm done. Okay. But we need to talk about the craziest part of this movie, and it's in the last second of the movie. It cuts to a picture of him and his dad, the real guy and his dad, and another guy who I assume is his brother. Okay. Who's not in the movie at all. Yeah, he was burned in the barrel. They uh, probably cut that out to get the PG rating. They're, in the last three seconds of the movie, they're like, by the way, I have a brother. <laughs> yeah, he didn't really fit in. We just figured... You saw that? But you were weeping violently at this point. <laughs> I'm surprised you saw what was happening. I was. It's true. I saw it through my tears. It was blurry, but I saw it. <laughs> All right. So this is actually our second Irwin Brothers flick. The Irwin Brothers wrote and directed this one. The first one that uh, we saw from them was October Baby. So they've now done the origin story of a shitty Christian song and the origin story of a shitty Christian person. So in the interest of job security, I want your suggestions for something even more boring that they can do the origin story of next. Um, I can only imagine it would be the uh, origin of species. Just like <laughs> two hours of Finch Peaks. I don't know. <laughs> No way in hell we're seeing that one. I hope you've got a different suggestion, Eli. Uh, the writings of the Apostle Paul. <laughs> the Epistle movie. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ, that's coming up. I was going to say something like, oh, this growth on my bum? This? Let me tell you all about it, actually. Yeah, okay. Well, while that does it for our review, I can only imagine Eli's already got me all fucking depressed, so I might as well ask you about next week. Eli, tell us what's on deck. Paul, the Apostle of Christ. Uh, oh. Movies and theaters are the only way I can get Heat to hang out with me. <laughs> We're eating no. real cheese fondue next time. Real <laughs> cheese fondue. 
He loved oh my it. God. He loved every second of it. Don't let don't <laughs> let him lie to you. Soy mushroom. Ew. Melt. Oh, fucking gross. He loved yeah. it. He imagine it. imagine like, melting a soybean and then eating that. What would that be? <laughs> cheese. It would be just like cheese. Okay, the cheesecake was dusty. I will admit the cheesecake <laughs> was a little dust heavy. I would say the, the entire thematic thing going on for the meal was dust. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Well, it still sounds better than Paul, the apostle of Christ. So with that to look forward to, we'll bring episode 135 to a merciful close. Once again, a huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that helped make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to an ad-free version of every episode. You can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist, Citation Needed, and The Skeptic Red, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres. Our theme song was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. All other music was written and performed by our audio engineer, Morgan Clark, and was used with permission. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Boston, I'm no illusions. Promise to work hard and earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with a Breakfast Club close. Mercy Me got into a gunfight with the Newsboys outside of the set for God's Not Dead 4. <laughs> All eight band members were killed. Don McLean wrote a song about it. <laughs> what did, he, did he take back American Pie? <laughs> We're even now. We're even. <laughs> music itself never fully recovered. Eli's Dead Christian music guy. song, There He Is Jesus, right over there. No, not that guy. That's his friend Tim. Sold 84 million copies. <laughs> Eli, does your watch have a pedometer on it? Do you know how many steps you take in a day? I do, yes. Do, do you know, like, offhand, like, about about what your average is? Uh, Not off the top of my head. I could tell you, though. I've got all that stuff. That's yeah, not that big a deal. It is. Now, now I'm curious. I mean, find Yours out. is an Apple Watch, so I'm sure we can't compete directly or anything. Because right. mine can Save compete it. with anything um, except an Apple Watch, and yours can compete with only an Apple Watch. Because of their great... Uh, uh, there's my steps. Monthly average of 8,952 steps. Oh, I was going to say 10,000. Nice, nice. You're whipping my ass, man. I need to move to New York. Yeah, that'll help. Well, Got to trudge to fucking blink every single day. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Run around like an asshole while everyone else is trying to lift weights, doing the same <laughs> beach body workout with the same teenager. <laughs> <laughs> a 19 year old telling me to do push-ups i can't do no i haven't doing thigh master i've got this i, I got have this. a thigh master i paid for it <laughs> i'm gonna use it i got this fucking the, the you know the, i've got a leaderboard thing i'll tell you like how you do compared to the other people out in the universe that use this watch mm-hmm. and i checked it the other day and i'm it's like 76 percent of people who use this watch walk more than you you lazy fuck i'm like god damn wow <laughs> Wow, and I like to walk, but you know I don't go anywhere, right? So I'm just in the house the whole fucking time. And then, uh, and then I said, oh, "Oh, but look, you can do it to your age. I'll adjust it to my age and get all those goddamn twenty year olds and thirty year olds out of there." And so I adjust it to my age, and it's like, yeah, eighty four percent of the people your age walk more. Than you. It's the old people that were helping you out, man. It was the old folks that were helping you there. So, so I've started walking a lot more. That's good. Hey, get that fucking hike it. Get yourself back in hiking before you're out in Colorado. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
All right. Sorry, Morgan. I, I, I know that was all very important to you, but. Um, what do you want to talk about, Morgan? <laughs> Morgan, you're a better. Yeah, don't worry about it. I'm going to cut all of this out. It's not that funny. Anyway. <laughs> I just picture Jesus now with a couple of six shooters, you know? <laughs> I will absolutely dance for Jesus and I'll fuck up his whole day. He'll be like, oh, I'm sorry, Mary, I am not in this right now. There's this guy earlier and he tried to. He was trying twerk. to do the Lombada. It was really. I sent him to hell, but I feel like he won. I have this crazy he won feeling. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.